morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 22nd of January, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another episode of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I am, of course, joined by my co-host, the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, I think we should start today's episode um, by sort of expressing our, our genuine thanks to the folks for making the first episode such a big hit. That went really well. Man absolutely amazing feedback um like i said when on the first episode i th- i thought we had a dynamic and an interesting angle to the point that people would would enjoy hearing from us um i didn't expect the first episode to do what it did yeah um it's been absolutely phenomenal all the support like ridiculous amount of five star reviews even on twitter like everyone just i want to see like if something i'd like to know if there's something about the podcast you don't like like please let us know but every everything that came through my mentions was positive and they enjoyed it um i'm gonna chalk that up to everybody liking you more than me (laughs) and uh yeah man like i'm I'm, i was really excited to, to get to episode two which is bam where we're at right now i was a big fan of all of the um live threads that people were doing because a they were genuinely interesting and entertaining that one was funny that yeah and then and then the other part is that it actually shows that like oh my gosh you're actually listening to this like you actually listened all the way through so that makes me that makes me happy i think one of the gripes that people have um i've seen it i think three or four times and they were all in your mentions and it was always the same thing should have been laz i think <laughs> i think people i didn't see that yeah i think people i think people uh want to replace me with with lazarus jackson the dean of pistons twitter whose show by the way i was just on uh people should go check that out Oh, were you um, this great. week? I was just on uh, right after the Atlanta game. Yeah, I hopped on with him for about Wait, an hour. So last night? La- a- a- well, as of this recording, yes, it was yeah. last night. Came, okay. out, came out like six or, hours ago. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to listen yet. I haven't gotten in the car. That's where I like to do my pocket. I'm excited for that. I Pistons versus everybody. Everybody should go listen to that. They should yep. also listen to Lockdown Pistons by Matt Shook. Um, two, two guys I like a lot. Um, yeah, like Laz, that's funny. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, I mean, I think that's just, is that just racism? They just want two black guys to do it. <laughs> I can't give you is anything. Is that where we're at? I think, I think maybe people just, um, are sick of me. I think maybe that's what it is. But Already? also I think, I think people also do kind of want, maybe it is, they just want more black voices in basketball people that, you know what I mean? I I, maybe that. that's part of it. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I was joking. I doubt, I no, doubt I that's it. But I mean, hey, we're breaking borders on this podcast. Like, this is this is a podcast between a white guy from Howell and a black guy from Flint. Like, you tell me yeah. this podcast was done in 1980. You're <laughs> out of your mind. You are out of your mind. This yeah. is we are breaking borders on this. Yeah. Breaking barriers and borders on this podcast. You know, I, I there are a lot of things that I feel like we talk about that you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that that was a thing. Like that you either like don't remember i'm i guess i'm not surprised that you remember that i'm from howell because it's a very specific thing i guess to remember um I, my thing with Howell, obviously like there's a there's not a great stigma with the city um yeah nationally what people know about Howell, it's i would imagine it's the one thing that uh gets a bad stigma but the funny thing is when my parents got divorced so we moved Ooh, we, we i know moved, the story you've told I, me i think i did tell you this yeah me and my mom and my sister moved back to flint my dad stayed in ypsilanti Detroit area Westland as well but halfway was Howell so like when it was our turn to go to my dad's we would meet in Howell and I just always remember like my dad was like hurry up and get in the car (laughs) (laughs) I mean he's right like to be like to be totally honest like that's still a thing um you know I go home I it's definitely I feel like it's better now yeah um but 
you know, when I was growing up, like it was definitely a, a problem. And, you know, you drive around like when I go home, like for the holidays or just whatever, um, you know, you'll still see some, you know, Confederate Confederate flags and stuff like that. Like that's still it, it is still a problem there. Um, but hey, James, let's talk about some basketball. I have <laughs> a new segment. Um, this is going to be our Friday segment. Um, are you are you ready for it? I think so. As is customary, you have no idea what I'm about to say. I have, I have no plan. This segment is called Shock Market because stock market is to blame, and it's an ode to the Detroit Shock. Basically, it's very to blame. It's 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 just it's it's not fun. Like was that a mix of market? lame and bland? Because I think you said Blaine. Did I? Oh, it's I it's lame. That. Okay. Um, Maybe I'm. Deaf. So it, you actually wrote a story about this, I believe, just a few days ago. Very yeah, you simple. shouldn't read it because it's it's bland. <laughs> Vanilla content. Um, but since then, we've played an additional game um, against the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, very simple rudimentary concept here. Um, you're going to give me one player who's trending up this week. You know, we, we watch a bunch of games. We get to the end of the week. One player trending up, one player trending down. Shock market. Trending up. Oh, this one's going to. We were waiting for our first one-star review. This is going to be it. Uh-oh. Trending up. Wayne Ellington. You're, I mean, if people are mad about that, they're just flat out wrong and not watching the games. He, the guy went thermonuclear in Miami, and then even against Atlanta, especially, I think he in the the, the second Miami game he had three threes in the first quarter alone. Yeah, and then I think six, he I think. opened the Atlanta game with three threes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, really, um, played really well. Like the dude is shooting 46 percent from three or something like that. Something absolutely ridiculous. And I understand people want they want those minutes to go to Svi. They want those minutes to go to Sadiq. They want those minutes to go to anybody who is not part of the AARP program. I get it. <laughs> but Wayne Ellington has played as good, if not better, than any guard on the Pistons roster. Sure. Um, he, he Defensively, he's struggled, of course, but we're talking about what he's brought in to do. He's doing his job better than anybody else on the roster. And um, it seemed like to me after last night, even though they ended up losing, that Casey has settled on a starting lineup um, because they have gotten out to good starts uh, with that group. Now, stock down. Josh Jackson, mm. I I was going to put him in my stock report, which is on The Athletic. You should go read that um, if you haven't already. It's been a few days. But since the injury, he has not been great. Um, and I left him off the stock report on The Athletic because it was like two games since he's been back from injury. He was good before yeah. injury. I, I just thought it was too soon. Now we have three games where he hasn't been great. Um He's not. He's down. He's down to under thirty percent from three. I think now. Last I saw, it was twenty nine, and it was before the Atlanta game. And just off the off my memory, I don't think he shot very well in that game last uh, Wednesday night. Um, yeah, you're wondering if he's part of his appeal early on was he was getting to the basket at a great rate and finishing at a great rate and and obviously defensively, but he was also shooting ridiculously. And I think yeah. most of us thought that the shooting would come down. I don't think based on what we saw that we knew it would get this low. Um, but I don't, even then, I still I just still just don't think he's been very good since he's come back from the, the ankle sprain. Yeah, I, that was the one thing, and I've said this a few times since. Um, you know, as soon as he got hurt, well, I guess I should say, you know, before he got hurt, we're looking at Jeremy Grant and Josh Jackson battling for most improved. Like, legitimately, that's how a lot of us felt. Yeah. Um, as fans, I should say. Cause you, I, I would say if I you did to... a top 10 list through eight games, that both of those guys would be in the top 10 list nationally. Sure. Um, and it's also worth noting uh, Bleach Report put out their sort of uh, early season predictions for where everybody's at. Um, they gave most improved is, is currently Jeremy Grant. Um, and James, who do you think was number two? If you didn't see it. Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Actually, I think 
maybe he was three. Chris Boucher was either two or three. I, oh, okay. I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. But Christian Wood was, I think he was two. Um, so that's something. But, you know, before the injury, Josh Jackson is, you know, we're looking at this guy and we're like, wow, this reclamation project is just absolutely working. The injury happens. And the first thing I said was, I'm really scared it's going to make him come back down to earth a little bit. Um, unfortunately it has. And what I'll say though, is I think that there's been a healthy middle of like, I don't think he's totally reverted back to like Phoenix, Josh Jackson yet, because he has still shown some flashes of like, Oh wait. Yeah. The, the, the game that we saw in the first two weeks of the season is still there. Um, maybe he's had some good finishes at the rim, some tough ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he will sort of get back on track. Like you said, it's only been a handful of games since the injury. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you're you're really wrong to say that he's he's trending downwards right now. Um, and I don't think that I don't want to say trending downwards because that makes it sound like he's like lost. But that's just where he's at right now. Yeah. And then Wayne again, like what I said before, it's just flat out true. Um, you know that he's he's playing really well and is pretty much doing everything that Detroit has wanted him to do. Um, you know, off the catch from three, he's been really strong. Um, riding screens, he's been really strong. Um, so yeah, I, I I pretty much agree with both of those. I'm glad that you didn't say Jeremy Grant, who did go for a, yeah, yet another career high last night um, with 32 points. The one thing that I and I don't recall if I said this in the first episode. I I don't believe I have. I did, but I I have said this a few times. The only thing I would change about Jeremy Grant, give it to me for both halves, because it's either the first or it's the second, right? That he goes yeah. off. It is. It's never both. So yeah, if, he, if he goes into halftime been. with seven points. You know, yeah. he's going to come out with 27, but I would like to see it for both. I think part of that is – and what game was it? Um, oh, before I forget, because you mentioned Christian Wood, if you're you're listening to this on Friday, if you're listening to it after Friday, Kelly Iko and, Iko and I, who cover who covers the Houston Rockets for the Athletic, he and I have a story up on the site about Christian Wood, how he went from a 15th man with the Pistons to a star with the Rockets. Everybody wants to know what happened in free agency. We have the answer inside that story. Ooh. I'm not going to give you too much now because, of course, I have a job and it requires people to go read stories. <laughs> uh, so go check that out. It, it should be on the site right now if you're listening to this. Um, but, yeah, Jeremy, there was the one game where he had three points at half, but it wasn't because – it was like it was it was his I thought up until maybe last night his best game what game was that was that the first Miami or maybe the game before that I don't remember which one but he was really just picking his spots and not forcing anything and I thought as good as Jeremy's been one thing he's done is try to get going early and there would be times early in the season where his shooting percentage early in the game would be a little lower and then he'd pick it back up in the second half but I thought in that game whatever one it was I can't remember he didn't overdo it. He, he got other guys involved, and then he only went into halftime with three points and left with, again, a, like close to a career high. He picked his spots in the second half. Sure. I mean, I think we're seeing the evolution of him as a offensive weapon. Like, again, five assists last night. He had a career high six the, night, the game before. Um, when I say last night, Wednesday night. Um, you're starting to see him pick his spots a little bit more. I think that's going to be natural um, for him as he, as he goes forward and, ex- and grows in this role. I think you're going to see more – maybe eight points at half and, and 20 in the second half or reverse. I think it's 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 just the evolution of a scorer who's going to get in where he fits in. I do think the Pistons try to get others involved early on. Um, they, I mean, you, you see it. They always tend to open games with an action for like Wayne Ellington or a shooter coming off a screen. Um, and I think early on they make a cognizant effort to get other guys involved. And then as the game goes on, they kind of just ride who's hot. Um, and I think that's some of it. But uh, what Jeremy's done this year, I mean, we could spend – 
an hour every episode at this point talking about yeah. how good Jeremy Grant is. Yeah. Um, but he's, I mean, last night was, aside from the fact that he only got the, the line seven times in 41 minutes, which if you ask some people, um, like Dwayne, it's a little uh, that's a little ridiculous, even though he didn't say that because he likes his money. Um, aside from <laughs> his inability to get to the line, that guy has just done everything plus some, plus some more um, than anybody anticipated at this point in the year. Sure. Um, also, uh, during the Atlanta game, we had um, – I don't even want to call it a back and forth because it was basically – I felt like it was me talking to myself because I felt like you just didn't care. Like you were like, dude, it doesn't matter that much. You're, you're giving me a look right now. Um, I text you and I go, those are definitely on Jeremy Grant. I go, those oh. are definitely the Mocha threes. And you're like, yeah. And then I, like 20 minutes later, I'm like, no, 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 no. Those are the fire reds. And you're like, yeah, no. And then well, I text you again. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, no, no, no. Those are the white, those are the 88 white cements. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> <I'm> no. <so> no. <laughs> what happened was I kept meeting to look at the shoes. Yeah. But I was doing, I did a story with Chris Kirshner, our Hawks writer. Again, yeah. up on the athletic where we were just like having a discussion in real time on the game. So like if you know like I didn't tweet as much last night and I like was just like we were in this Google Doc, so I was like half like I was focused on that and I just kept forgetting to look at the shoes and I felt bad. And I think I don't think I just said yeah to you. I said, Yeah, I need no, to look I need to look again. Yeah. Um but yeah, man, Jeremy Grant again, the Cal he's Calvin Cambridge. Yeah, you really like that comparison. I'm, if you're gonna roll with that, man. I, you know, I'm I'm on board with it. I really like that. Um, so Monday's episode, I had brought up twice that we were gonna get to Bruce Brown, and then I forgot to get to Bruce Brown, and I told you I had this kind of convoluted theory about him that I still haven't really because I talk to myself a lot. Like if I'm if I'm by myself, I I will literally have a conversation with myself. If that's weird, I don't know. Out but like loud I, or in your head? No, out loud. I will because sometimes yeah, like if a it's little. a basket. If, well, if it's a basketball point, I need to make sure that when I say it out loud, it doesn't sound insane. I've talked myself out of a lot of points because I'm like, okay, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So I'll, like, walk myself through it. Haven't done that with the Bruce Brown thing. So this will be the first time that I'm actually verbalizing it, okay? Mm -hmm. um, okay. The trade window is opened in the NBA um, during draft week. First move that's made in the league is Bruce Brown gets traded for John and Musa and a 2021, 2021 second round pick, which by the way, at the time was the least favorable of four that Brooklyn owned. Mm -hmm. um, it was via Toronto, which at the time was like, cool. So we're going to get a pick in like the fifties. Now it's kind of looking like, okay, maybe that was actually like a, a you know, a, a galaxy brain chess move um, by Troy Weaver to actually get that he, he just knew that the raptors were gonna suck I, exactly right yeah. if you want to um, live on that hill go ahead <laughs> um now as the story goes john and musa gets cut and bruce brown looks like he's gonna be a catalyst um as a role player on a title contending team people are really upset about it here's my thing I, you know I'm, I'm i'm sad that bruce is gone but like we've talked about a bunch of times i've i've come to terms with the fact that it's not that big of a deal um here's my thing i sincerely wonder and by even proposing this i am changing the trajectory of detroit's offseason as a whole okay mm -hmm. i sincerely wonder if you could have if you take out the pick could you have gotten claxton could you have gotten like rodion's karuks but like mainly nicholas claxton 
if you just take out the draft pick, because I don't think you're getting both in this scenario, but Bruce Brown for Claxton. Now, the, the issue that you run into here, A, um, Brooklyn loves Claxton. Mainly the fans do. Um, I guess the players do as well. He's kind of had some some issues with injury. Like, I don't think he's played once yet this year. Um, also, by trading for him in this scenario, you probably don't go after Isaiah Stewart, right? Um, or at least if you do, you don't then go after Jaleel Okafor because you probably still go after Plumlee. I'm sure that was still in the cards. And I, I just think that that would have been so much more promising for us. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not going to have buyer's remorse because it's like I'm happy with the pick. Because here's the thing. Pistons fans can't complain about never having draft capital. And then the one time that they do, they go, no, not not for that guy, right? Like, not for that player. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I you know, um, that pick is still going to be, you know, somewhat valuable. If, if you believe that Troy Weaver has the eye for talent in the draft that he does, then that pick should still be interesting to you. It's also worth noting, James, can you quickly remind me where Bruce Brown was drafted? 42 or 46. Yeah, so... So some that's that's the, if, that's the second round, correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird how that works. Oh, the Pistons just got a second round pick. So this just goes back to like, um, you know, like what you've said a bunch of times. You can find that type of player in free agency. You can find him in the draft all the time, every year, right? And guess what? So that they found a better version of that player in Josh Jackson. Shocking. Well, this is. Can I chime in? Are you done? Yeah, basically my question here is, do you think we could have gotten Claxton? Is a very long-winded way of saying that we probably could have gotten something, quote-unquote, more useful. I mean, I'd, I personally would rather have the pick, just because, again, as we talked about with Sekou last week, like there's mystique. You don't know what that pick can be. And then the, the Pistons – I mean, I know how much Pistons fans love their, sec- their second-round picks. If you ask Pistons Twitter, oh, every second-round pick is going to be a starter. I mean, Jordan Bone – Sign him up oh for an gosh, All-Star game. Dude. Insufferable. I mean, sign him up. Bruce Brown, I'll oh, just be patient. Kyrie Thomas, Big 12, whatever, Big East, two-time defensive player of the year, 40% from three. Man, yeah. that's – build the statue now. Just start now. This is what I'll say about the Bruce Brown thing. I, I don't want to be insensitive. I, I a million percent understand why fans are upset. He's a guy, homegrown guy who came to Detroit. He's a second-round pick, underdog to an underdog team. Like, that story's been written how many times in, in, in Detroit? Like, people love that story. Um, plays the way that Pistons fans like to watch their players play. Mm-hmm. Likeable guy. Always funny in the press conference. Um, always seemed like he was having a great time. Um, lovable guy. Like, I, I, I don't know if I've – don't, we've only done one podcast, so I don't know if I've said it on there, but Bruce was one of my favorite players I have covered. Whenever I yep. wanted, like, a real quote or, like, wanted to do, like, a real story, I would go to, like, not real, but, like, a not a real story. I do several of those. But, like, a story where it's, like, you're going to get unfiltered commentary, I would go to Bruce. Um, like, I remember his rookie year because he was the, the quote-unquote defensive stopper. He guarded every team's best player. And, like, me and him, yep. I named off ten players he guarded, and he told me what made them tough and x y and z and it was it was great like he was honest brutally honest i i had him rank him but we ended up switching that i ended up switching that at the end just because like it just wasn't necessary um like i get it like great guy um you could see some potential and you, you wanted him to be the project what i'll say is this first thing i would imagine that troy weaver got what was the most he could for Bruce Brown. 
I'd agree with that. Uh, that's his job. I'd imagine that he, he he found out the best deal he could get, and he got it. Now your next question might be, why trade Bruce Brown at all? Fair question. I would say this. When Troy got here, some players, and this is stuff I've heard behind the scenes, um, some players were in Detroit working out pretty often, like th- within the rules, like one on like whatever they could do within the rules. Bruce worked out a lot in Boston. Bruce worked out a lot in other parts of the country, not Detroit. So Troy didn't really yeah. get to see him, and he got to see other young guys. And from what I heard, he didn't play very well in that mini bubble that they had yeah. during training camp. Um, I heard that he, he was not very good at all in that. So his first impressions with the new GM didn't seem to be very glowing. Factored in that Troy wants to put his stamp on this roster. He wants to get taller, longer, more athletic. Um, people look at it, and I, I get it. Like, you you look at a trade on the surface. It's like, okay, we got a guy. We got Zan and Musa, who we don't even have anymore, in a, in a second-round pick that right now is going to be higher than where Bruce was picked and probably a better draft. Um, but, I mean, I'm still not going to bet money that that pick's going to be as good as it is right now. It's still Toronto. But, and again, Bruce was on a, a, a small deal, small rookie deal because he was a second-round pick, but maybe Troy looked at the roster. Where are we going to slot Bruce in at? I mean, they don't anticipate Killian getting hurt, so there's no point guard minutes. Dwayne was pretty adamant that they don't see him as a point guard. He wanted Josh Jackson, a taller, longer, more athletic version of, of Bruce Brown, um, and up until recently a better shooter. Um where do you you got city you like Sadiq Bay you you planned on getting a swing man in the draft you have Svi who's a better shooter where's where's Bruce fit in um yeah. and i get I, Bruce has had really good moments in Brooklyn um this year um some really good ones but he, at the end of the day he hasn't he's not always in the rotation he has much less expectations on him now he's still shooting the three ball terribly he's gotten a lot more efficient within the arc um yeah. and I think that's been a great surprise for people who have followed him. Um, but at the end of the day, like uh, he's not going to be, I'd be surprised if he's a, like he didn't play against Cleveland in a game that went to overtime. I think he played seven minutes. Um, you, do you not think that Steve Nash knows what he can do at this point? Why Colin Sexton went off your boy. Why not put him on there? So there's still some uncertainties, yeah. still some questions with Bruce Brown, even in Brooklyn, even though he's had some moments, I just think he's, I said this at the time of the trade. You tell me Bruce Brown is in the league in five years, not surprised at all. There's things he does well. You tell me he's not in the league in five five years, not surprised. There's things he doesn't do too well. And I just think given the circumstances, Troy didn't draft him. Troy didn't get to see in the flesh him do good things. Um, And, again, a short window. Um and they thought that if if we want another guy like this, we can find one in any draft or in free agency. And sure. Josh Jackson seems to fill that void, um, aside from being able to play point guard. But from everything we were told, the Bruce Brown experiment at point guard was done. Um, and he definitely wasn't going to play it with DeLon here, Derek here, and Killian here. Yeah. I think the one thing you mentioned is um, that Troy got, quote-unquote, everything that he could have gotten for Bruce. And that was one of the other things that I said is, what did you think his value was, right? Like that was something, a package, you know, along those lines is always what we were going to get. Um, so it didn't really surprise me. I, I think it, the one thing that bothered me was that John and Musa was by the approximation of most, the worst player in the league. 
last year. Like it was him and Batum and like throw someone else in there. But like John, he was he's not like he's not good and he's in Europe now. Like he's literally not even in the league anymore. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of disheartening. I, I just you know. At like at the end of the day, like I said, I've 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 come to terms with the reality. Like he's gone. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um. The one thing that you did bring up, which I wasn't going to do it, um, I'm still waiting for your um, apology about Colin Sexton. I just want to hear you say the words, I was wrong. Yeah, I was um, messaging with somebody in the NBA front office yesterday as, as he was going off. I had that game, just this name drop, vague name drop real quick. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. Um, as the I had that game on the computer as it was, uh, as I was watching the Pistons game, and I told, I told this gentleman, I who, think who, it, I, who I assume will remain nameless. Yeah, he will. Yes, he will remain nameless. Darn. Um. I, I told him I'm get, I'm I'm looking for a pen, I'm looking for a three hold sheet of paper, hmm. I'm looking for an envelope and a stamp as we speak because I have to write Colin Sexton a handwritten apology. Oh, thank goodness. Colin Sexton I, I, is oof. if he's six four, six five, like the league's in trouble. Yeah. He's getting buckets at a a, a generous what is he listed as? I think he's like six two or something. That's three. generous. Yeah, no, yeah. that's generous. Um he's just a bucket getter, man. And he's thank been you. doing it efficiently. And I was thank you. I've as as much as it pains me to say it, and I know other people it's pained them to say it because I've had conversations with people who are like, I'm I'm I still there's something about sex that I don't like, but I have to admit it. Like he's good. You were right. Thank you. He's thank good. You. For God's sake, thank you. He's it a good is, player. I am obs- and I don't. We're gonna we're gonna get off of this in just a second. But I am so weirdly protective over people jumping on the bandwagon. I'm like, no, sorry, you can't. All this like we left the station. You can't. You cannot. <laughs> all this stock is sold. I am so glad that I like hit the ground running on the Sexton thing. Um months do you want to talk about drafted. harry giles though we got a lot of i i do but we have a lot of pistons things that i want to ask you about today <laughs> honest to god like we do have a full no, yeah, slate yeah, yeah, we have yeah. a full slate so i gotta um on this nets thing i i didn't really anticipate we were going to take in uh listener questions but i did kind of want to pick your brain about this one that that somebody tweeted at us the other day um again i don't want to make it seem like i'm dodging harry giles i do very much want to have a conversation about that but anyways um Okay, this came to us from Derek Brooks. Um, I'm just going to read the full tweet. Come the trade deadline, assuming Brooklyn is all in, they need a big that can defensively close games because DeAndre Jordan can't, which is true. Spencer Dinwiddie and a second for Mason Plumley. Who says no? This is me asking you. So it's Plumley and a second for Dinwiddie. The, and can you can you read to me what he said that Brooklyn needed? Um, they need a big that can defensively close games. And then can you read to me who he put in the trade for Detroit? <laughs> he put in Mason Plumley. Aside from that, just not fitting what they need. Sure. Um, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie's hurt. Sure. And I think his deal is up this after this year or next year. It's, I think, after this year because it was last year that he was trying to get people to, like, crowdfund via bitcoin his next contract so that they can yeah that's pick right where he wins this year yeah like uh, so you, you have to throw in something to like i know he's hurt but like spencer dinwiddie's a good player like a, a really yeah. good player um hurt or not and it sounds like he's going to be fine when he comes back and on top of that he's done for the year right no he's supposed to come back i think 
but I don't know. I was confused because he like tore his ACL, and they're like, yeah, he'll be back. And I'm yeah, like, well, well, either way, the Pistons have a short trial run with a guy who hmm. I can almost guarantee is probably not going to come back. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, then you get, you shouldn't even assign Mason Plumlee if you're willing to do that deal. Um, sure. Yeah, all due respect to that that gentleman um, for sending that in. Thank you for sending the question in, by the way. I, I don't think – I think what what you know who Brooklyn should trade for? Um, Jared Allen. Oh, get out of here! I do. Do people realize? Laz pointed this out yesterday. Blew my mind that I had not thought of it this way. Cleveland is years ahead of what Detroit is trying to do in terms of young guys and vets. Maybe they're on the same track, but they just have better vets. Like what they're building, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just fun, right? Like. Dylan Windler's coming back on Friday. Okay, so as a, if you're listening, we're not, to this do, on Friday, we're not doing this. We're I'm not just doing, saying we're not doing like, uh, a minute on Dylan Windler. We're not. He's he's back. So they have they'll have Windler, Jetty, Sexton, Okoro, Garland. Like what they're doing is what Detroit is also trying to do, right? Because yeah. they also have they also have uh, Larry Nance, who I'm not. I, I guess we can call him a veteran at this point. Yeah, Larry Nance is um, a really good player too. Andre, Kevin Love. Um, I'm. I'm uh, blanking on literally anybody else. No, I um, mean you, they they are, but they also started what? When was when was Sexton drafted? Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Sexton was drafted in um eighteen. Okay, so Garland was the rookie last year. Mm-hmm. In tw- yeah, so they, they about a year or two ahead of Detroit, um, with a big man in Kevin Love, who, while he's not what he once was, it's not he's still able to do what he what he does. Aside from defensively, of course, uh, what he's been known to do, he can still s- stretch the floor and he can still rebound. Not as well, but he's not as uh, depleted as some of Detroit's veterans. Um, yeah, I mean they are, and they're they're fun to watch. I agree. I still question whether um, that team, once its young core is the face of everything, how far that team goes. Again, me sure. writing off a Sexton Garland backcourt, um, but yeah, I mean they are, and it's 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 a true statement. I just, yeah, I think Cleveland is still a uh, another tread lightly because I like Okoro. I just maybe I just need to see it play out. Like I still think they're another top five pick away. I don't know. I think I I tweeted this last night. They draft Garland in nineteen. Yeah. If they draft Rui instead, and then this year instead of Okoro, they draft Halliburton, right? So they have um, Sexton and Halliburton, and like Jetty and Rui. I like uh, that I, better. I'm not think, a Jetty guy, but yeah, I like okay. that better. So you think they're in a better spot? They're on a better trajectory today. If that was the case. And by the way, I oh, think yeah. Okoro is a seamless defensive fit. I think he's perfect for them. Um, but. I think it goes without say that the Garland pick at the time was really weird. It's working, yeah. to my surprise. But I, I thought he looked good last night. Yeah. Distributing. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I'll just say this: they're ahead because Cleveland has a a young twenty-something-year-old who's one of the best scorers in the NBA already. And if you could just say his name for me, that would be um, Colin Sexton. All right. Cool. So, on the topic of um, maybe this is a, a little bit too early of a questions i'm tired of answering um which we're not going to explicitly do but i do have a question for you that i i keep seeing and i and i saw it a lot yesterday we finally got an update on killian um going to be reevaluated in eight weeks um 
I think it's also worth noting that that does not mean he's coming back in eight weeks, right? right. Um, it, like they could be like, yeah, we're just going to shut him down for the year. Can you explain to me why I keep seeing the same thing that people just don't have faith in our medical staff? What is that stemming from other than like the Blake thing where they're like, he can't damage his knee any more than he has? Well, Reggie. Um, oh, the ankle. You're right. The ankle. Um, there's a few more examples. Well, first of all, that's those those people aren't here anymore. Um, my guy Bernard, I can never say his last name. Bernard um, is is now the head medical trainer, and he's a fantastic guy, very nice guy. Um, yeah, he's he he took over for everybody's. Pistons Twitter is so weird that they knew the John Ishup, the former Pistons trainer. They knew who he was and would blast him on Twitter. Like, I don't know if any other fan base is blasting <laughs> the trainer on tr- Twitter. Like, he used to get it a lot. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, he's now in L.A. because Anthony Davis loves him. Um, I think more, more of that issue is Detroit having a history of signing and trading for guys who have injury histories, a la Blake Griffin, yes. a la Reggie Jackson. And I had heard that the bilateral knee tendonitis stuff with Luke was a concern even years before it happened. Um, I think that's just goes – kind of the poor homework from the previous regime i get like yeah a lot of the star there's there's a good group of pistons fans who believe that if these guys were healthy two years ago that they could have been something i personally don't think that i i don't think a reggie jackson andre drummond blake griffin at its best gets you more than the sixth seed and maybe a playoff win yeah um but there are people who thought that they could be more than what they were, and that's fair if everybody's healthy. Um, but, yeah, it, it all stems from those guys being hurt when really those guys all had injury histories. Uh, the ankle thing with Reggie I get, like, that was – Yeah, I actually completely – he had the grade three ankle sprain. It was, like, never the same again. Um, yeah. Un- until – He played all really of last like, year until he got – Yeah. He missed and it. And then yeah. – the he missed before, early on. It was 2018-2019 uh, he played all 82 um, and it was the it was. second. It was the second half of the season. So 2018, 2019. This is the same season that, um, for there's about a three month period where Pistons fans are convinced that we're getting Mike Conley, right? That the package is going to be something along the lines of Andre Drummond, Luke Kennard, and a pick for Mike Conley, a guy who at one point was making 175 million dollars, the highest contract. Who's been balling um, this year? Just want yes. to put that on record. Yeah. yeah, the highest paid contract in NBA history, and at the time, it never made an All Star game. That's who Pistons fans wanted to go after. Don't know why I'm trying to slight Mike Connolly. I actually love him, yeah. but we we thought that we were going after him, right? We thought that we needed a point guard upgrade. Turns out, trade deadline passes, we don't get Connolly. Reggie Jackson actually turns into the upgrade that we are looking for down the stretch as we made that playoff push. Um, Reggie was amazing, right? And again, he played all 82. But there was always like that ankle bothered him for a long time. Full transparency, I actually forgot about that. So I guess that makes sense. But you saying that, hey, those guys aren't here anymore, makes me just think like, okay, well then who cares? Like now then... that I think back on it, I I feel like it wasn't the ankle. I think it was the tendonitis that people were up in arms about because they rushed him back, and then I think he left. Like it might have been my first year on the beat i can't remember my memories because i remember with the ankle sprain it happened in december and then he didn't come back until march and like the season was pretty much over because that was the same year they traded for blake and they were just trying to get chemistry and it didn't really matter because stan was gone at the end of the season anyway but that year reggie was solid um it was because he shot ridiculously from three 
and I only remember that because I did that story about that weighted ball he shoots with. Yeah. Um, and he was shooting like 40% from three or 42% from three in January or February, and then it went down a little bit, but he was much better um, that year. But, yeah, I mean, I understand why fans might be a little nervous about no surgery for Killian. I would say unless you're a trained medical doctor, not to worry too much. He's 19. It's a hip injury. I'm I'm a thousand percent sure, given how much they have invested in him in their future, that they're going to look at look at and talk to everybody possible to decide. And I had heard from another doctor that like rehab without surgery is fine to do. Like it, it's another option. And they and that still doesn't mean they he might not get surgery. Maybe things don't heal or it's not better after eight weeks, and they just elect to do surgery and he's back for the start of next year. Like it's it's yeah. all still on the table, but they're going to try to avoid surgery if they can, which obviously they're going to try to do. Yeah, I um, it was weird because Laz had literally tweeted, um, it was literally like six hours before, if that. He's like, hey, it's kind of weird that it's been two weeks and we haven't heard anything on killing, and then boom press release killian's gonna be reevaluated in two weeks um they're always reading tweets i guess apparently i said in the last episode i'm like where are they reading all this stuff apparently they're like oh yeah they, they saw laz's tweet they're like we forgot we didn't say anything about <laughs> killian yet they're starting to um, ask yeah i i had a, a a question i've been thinking about this i just didn't know if it was a good question or not did you forget let's it? just say no i remember oh. it i just i'm just trying to set it up People, especially after that Atlanta game, um, are really upset with Dwayne Casey and they think that he should be fired. After the Atlanta now, game? After the Atlanta game, yeah. The overtime loss. Um, yeah. Blowing a 17-point lead. Scoring 40 points in the third quarter, 14 in the fourth. Um, now, I think it's it's very clear. Like I've been transparent about it. It's a fault of mine. I'm a Casey apologist, and I couldn't explain to you why. I think... I honestly no, I, I I can't I can't really explain why. I think it's because you, you look at the roster he has, and I, I would maybe that's what it is subconsciously. But then maybe. people are like that's an excuse. They should be better. I mean, if all due respect, like he has no choice but to play Delon, yeah, a lot of minutes. Um, he has no choice. Really, I, I don't want to say that because that'll ruffle people's feathers. But yeah, I mean, like, it just doesn't have. He hasn't had much to work from in terms of roster. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw. It was a lot of panic on my face just now. I remembered a crucial point that I and I ruined the transition for it. And I'm really mad. Let me just ask this question first, and I'll remember to get to it in a second. Let's just say Dwayne Casey's let go, and then by for me, God forbid that happens, but that will not would happen. You, no, but would you put any stock into the possibility? Let me ask it this way: Who do you think has a better chance, Sean Sweeney or Sidney Lowe? To actually be the coach, do you think either of them have a shot? Ooh, that's a good question. Because um, I think I think the answer is I think people surprisingly so. I think one of them would. I would think they'd both get an opportunity um, yeah. to to put their name in the hat. Um, Sweeney is a guy that's well respected, um, as as is Sidney Lowe, uh, but defensively, Sweeney is a guy that people like and they like his philosophy and his ideas um, he's really 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 close with Giannis um, the players all like him like Blake works out with like when Blake does his pregame um, like workout like it's with Sean Sweeney Sidney mm. Lowe works with the guards Reggie Jackson loves Sidney Lowe very nice guy both of them are um, has a lot of respect from players they're both have a lot of respect from players they both Sidney played in the NBA 
Um, played in Detroit or was an assistant in Detroit. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe both. Um, so th- there's that, and he's been on benches for a while. He knows what he's doing. Same with same with Sean. Knows what he's doing. Um, I would imagine they both would get interviews. I don't know that for sure, um, but I would imagine both would get would get an opportunity if if they wanted to to talk to the higher ups about it. Sure. sure. Why did you look su- you look surprised when I said something? I look surprised because I I think you just gave us some hope that Giannis is going to come to Detroit in five years. I don't know about that, but him and Sean like <laughs> Sean came from Milwaukee and like they're they're very tight. I wrote a story on it like two years ago or a year ago. Um, they're super tight. That's well, why you saw also... when him and Isaiah were going to fight. If you look, who was in the middle of it? Oh yeah, Sean Sweeney. Well, not fight when they were having their hold me back moment. Nah, was Giannis was going to. Th- he was going to throw some haymakers. Um, <laughs> Isaiah, I don't know if that's. I didn't even with. think. I didn't even think anything of it. I just thought it was because Sean was closest. And I think that's it too. But then you notice as soon as he got in the middle, Giannis gave him a hug. <laughs> that's like they're um, like boys. Yeah, they're tight. Well, we've also we've also planted the seed because Darvin Ham is with the Bucks too. So he just got yep. he's got to put in the stealth word like Giannis Motor City. Like it's actually pretty nice. You won't be able to be on Lake Michigan anymore, but like you could look at Canada. Um, so this is something camera. I want to bring up. This was closer to um, closer to the beginning of the week that this stuff happened, um, and I knew that people would want to hear your input on it. I think that you and I are going to have some very um, – I think we're going to have some very similarly aligned beliefs on this. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go first because I want to see how close I am to what, to what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kevin Porter Jr. thing. Now, I, I've been very clear – for months now, every time something happens with him that, like, I really hurt about it because yeah. I'm really rooting for him. Um, you know, he posts some really troubling things on Instagram that make you worry for his, you know, personal health and safety. Um, and it just kind of feels like he's something's always going on. And Cleveland puts him in this reinstatement program, not like a one-to-one with what happened with Josh in, um, in Memphis, but it's something similar, right? Like the structure is still there. They're trying to just sort of get him on the right track mm-hmm. um, before he can, you know, be with the team again. And he was actually with the Cavs for a game. And then obviously then he threw the, not soup. That was J.R. Smith. He threw the food at whatever. Yeah. Now it's coming out um, via the athletic. I believe, I believe yes, it was the, actually you guys that we broke bro- it. We broke that story. Yes. Um, that the Cavs are going to look to either trade or waive Kevin Porter jr. So here's the thing. Pistons fans, all up in arms because we trade John Lohr for Tony Snell in the 30th pick in the 2019 draft, correct? Yeah, it was 2019. Um, we then move that pick so that we can later draft Servetus. I believe that was how that worked out. It was last year, 2020, right? No, we drafted Killian last year in 2020. So 2019 oh, yeah, is when 20, we drafted I'm sorry, yeah, 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 2019, yes. Um. So then the Cavs end up picking KPJ, who is who the, the Pistons wanted all along. And now people are like, oh, it's time. Like, now we can finally bring him back. No, that is – they did not want him. Oh, did – um, no, no, no. I'm saying Pistons fans wanted him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, remember, James, when I'm talking, I'm speaking for the fans. I'm sorry. Remember yes, that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> You're right. Um, a, a lot of people wanted Kevin Porter Jr. And here's the thing. He – has shown a lot of things in the league that he didn't show at USC. So I think a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't realize how good he really was. Um, And people wanted to bring him in Detroit. And now here's the thing is I don't want it to seem like 
I'm doing a victory lap on this because I'm not. I'm genuinely upset about what's going on with him. But the reason that Detroit didn't pick him in the first place was because there were some cited character issues. And now that that's obviously kind of a thing, I hope it's coming across in the way that I, you know, like it, it kind of just is what it is. Like, well, they were right. Um, it's very clear. James, I don't know if you've really said this much, like, quote unquote, publicly, but you and I have kind of talked a little bit that you genuinely believe that, like, the Pistons are really good at, at picking up high character guys um, and sort of creating a really positive locker room environment. Yeah. So the, it, from that regard, now I have two more points to make, so I'm sorry, this is going to take no, a second. No. But So from that standpoint, no. Another standpoint is, okay, he's on this team. Sure. Let's assume he's on the team. Then you're going to be mad that Sadiq's not playing, or you're going to be mad that Svi's not playing, or you're going to be mad that Sekou's not playing, or you're going to be mad that KPJ's not playing. Like, you're if people are already up in arms about certain rotational decisions that Casey makes, yeah. Um, adding Kevin Porter Jr. on this team, as fun as it may be in theory, I would challenge you to really consider the idea of having him here and where he would fit in. Um, within that rotation. So right there, no. The third thing to me is the biggest thing. If you're trading for him, I am 98% sure he's a sweetener in the Andre Drummond trade that is at this point almost inevitable, right? It feels like it's kind of inevitable. He's playing really well lately, um, which Pistons fans have a lot of not nice things to say about. He got benched last night, though, didn't he, for Allen down the stretch? I was watching the Pistons game, so I, uh, I, th- I think I, I turned it off at a point, but I, I do think that Allen played, like, the overtime minutes over him. Well, and I think moving forward, like, Allen's going to be the guy. Like, I don't think people – everyone was so excited about James Harden in Brooklyn. Dude, I want to talk about Jared Allen in Cleveland. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. Him as a role man for Colin? Are you kidding me? That's amazing. But um, So when Andre gets moved as an expiring who could be valuable – um, as a protector, as a rebounder, and as a post scorer for a contending team, I feel like Kevin Porter Jr. could be thrown in as like a, hey, here's this too. Yeah. Um, no, that makes so sense. So with that in mind, Pistons fans, do you want Andre Drummond back even as an <laughs> expiring? Because that's what it's going to take. So all three points that I've made there point to no. Now, I'm really looking for someone to say, tell me why we should. And, and if you're, well, if we're trying to take flyers on young guys, but we've kind of already done that. I think if this came up in like October and we had some time to construct our roster in a way that actually allowed for us to get Kevin Porter Jr., then yes. But not when we already have the guys that we do and we already know what we have. I don't think you can just throw him into the mix. That is my statement on the Kevin Porter Jr. thing. No, I mean, yeah, we like you predicted before you just ate up all of our podcast time with that, with Kevin Porter Jr., um, <laughs> No, I'm just joking. As you pre- yeah. like, as you predicted, like, yeah, like I from the previous regime before Weaver got here, talking to people, there were serious character concerns for KPG, KPJ. Like, if you wondered why they didn't draft him, like there were like serious red flags, um, in the, that they found in their research and homework. Um, first thing Weaver says when we hear from him is we draft people not players so that it, uh, in my mind from the what's on record what is on public record that again just doesn't make sense uh for detroit and then you made a good point about the rotation there's already um not enough minutes to go around for 
for some of these guys, um, and people are going to debate that. The other is he just needs to do what. There's it's there's that's fine, but there are there's Sadiq, there's Josh, there's there's Svi, and if you want Seku at the three, there you go. If you want KPG KPJ at the two, well there's Josh Sadiq can play there too. Svi can play there too. So it's a bit of a logjam. But first and foremost, I mean, it comes down to the character stuff, and I just don't think that Detroit, which has a good locker room, and ever since I've covered the team, so for four years, like there's, uh, I've told you this, I might have said on the last pilot, like there's not been a guy in the locker room that I don't like as a person. Mm-hmm. Like they've all been uh, respectful, professional. Um, you want to talk with them one-on-one, they're all pretty chill and pretty cool about it. Um, and I think that's one thing for all bad Detroit has been as a franchise the last ten years. Over the last five, I'd say they've done a good job of, of not having a lot of knuckleheads in the locker room. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't see the KPJ thing happening at all. Um, if it does, I'd be surprised. And that would I'm sure would be the first question that we would ask um, to the decision makers that be is, are you, are you not concerned about the character stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, as for the drafting the person, not the player, you mentioned on Monday – that Isaiah Stewart is a sweetheart, right? Yeah. Like he's he's both of those things. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, and that's I mean that's encouraging. Like I I don't know. I, I just think that it it takes a very elementary level of thought and consideration to disregard a lot of hopes and wishes that Pistons fans have a lot of, about a lot of things. Um. You know, and like you kind of just mentioned, like people are going to argue, well, there could be minutes if you do this. Right. But Casey's not going to like the foundation of what this season is, is pretty clear at this point. In an ideal world, um, you know, does V not come in? Like, does he does he actually play in the first half and not come in with like five minutes left in the third? And it's kind of weird. Like, yeah, maybe. But, um, and you know, a bunch of other things like does Seku, you know, does he actually get more opportunities with the ball? You know, I, I, would, actually, say, I, I would say last night. Yes, Blake wore down as the game went on, but I'd say for the first three quarters, that was probably the best Blake we've seen. Um, oh, it wasn't year. close. I said that on on Laz's show. I said that was athletically, like movement wise, health wise, the best showing that we've seen from Blake this year for the majority of the forty eight minutes. And the Pistons are down by fifteen if Wayne Ellington's not playing. Yep. And Jeremy Grant is Jeremy Grant. He's going to play the three or the four. I. Again, it all goes back to I thought we were rebuilding. Why is Casey not playing all the young guys all the time? Not all the time, but why is he not playing them consistently 10 to 15 minutes? I mean, his job is to win games, and the the front office gave him players to, to play that he trusts, and he's doing it. And, it, again, it does not mean – I didn't think Sadiq, play, Sadiq Bey played good last night, and I saw that people in my mentions were like, well, why does Sadiq only play a few minutes? I didn't think he played that well. I, didn't think, I don't think he's played that well the last two games. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Stewart – had three fouls in, in three seconds last night. Yep. So he had to sit for a while. So you're going to, and you're going to bring him back second half cold Turkey and, and not let him play when job ja was, I mean, it was very limited minutes, but job ja was like, he had him on deck and he's ready to go. That was the opportunity to keep him engaged. Yep. I get it. I get all the, the qualms people have. Um, I, I, I at least understand where the frustration's coming from because the messaging is still cloudy. Um, but I also I thought last night like I, Wayne was good, Blake was good for most of it, and Jeremy was as good as as we've seen him. Um, yeah. And he has no like he has to play Delon and Derek at point guard. He has to. Like who else is going to yeah. play that spot? And then at center Isaiah, he, I'm sure he's been playing Isaiah a lot. I'm sure he would have played him some more if he didn't have all if he clearly wasn't struggling with fouls. Sure. Um, 
hundred percent. I agree. Um, we are running. We're almost. We're almost to the end of our show today. Running. Oh, we might run a little bit long here, but That's James, fine. with our two send offs that we do, we're going to start with the first one. It is. Hold on. Drum roll. Hold on. on. Uh oh. Is this the story time? Story time with James. If I can't think of a story on the spot because it's bad podcasting, just be like, Ugh. yeah. Can I just tell you my thoughts about the person? As a as, sure. Yeah. Maybe sure, but I think I, th- I think because this one, um, if you're listening to this for the first time, this is where I, I list a player um, that James has covered in year four in his four years on the beat. Um, and he has to tell us a cool story, something that he can tell us about the player that he's enjoyed fun interaction. Uh, we're going to keep it topical. OK, mm-hmm. Bruce Brown. Give us something a little bit about Bruce Brown. Ooh, I have one that I really want to share. And I think I can because the media was in the locker room. Okay. But it's not... F- Can I give you two so one's, like, funny and one's not funny? Yeah, I don't care. Sure. All right. Um, so the not funny one is... So Bruce is a is from Boston, or from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Big Patriots yeah, fan. Boston has, like, a national Bruce Brown day. Yeah, they yeah, do. I don't remember what day it is, but yeah. When, they're, when we were... When we go to Boston, like, he has, like, a good 20, 30 people there for him. Oh, should I tell this story? Uh, if I'm questioning, I probably shouldn't. Uh, I would, I, I yeah. Can, I don't think it's that bad. All right. Um, okay. It's not like, again, the, the media was there. Like, we were allowed in the room, and I, they heard, other people heard him. Um, so, it, the Aaron Hernandez documentary had just come out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. Um and I knew Bruce was a big Patriots fan. I'm like, hey, did you get a chance to watch the Aaron Hernandez doc? Doc? And he was like, no. I'm like, you didn't like him? He's like, no. He's like, he killed my brother's friend. So Bruce's brother played on the foot, the semi-pro football team um, that, uh, what's the gentleman, last name Lloyd. Uh, I don't. I want to make sure I, I say his name. Um, Olin Sorry, Lloyd. I'm in- yeah, I'm in such disbelief. People, this isn't a visual podcast, so people can't see my face. But I, yeah, I um, mean, it was, it's like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, uh, yeah, Odin Lloyd, uh, rest in peace. Um, yeah, so Bruce knew Bruce's brother knew Odin Lloyd. Um, now to a fun story. Um, Jesus, man, that's not like it's yeah. That's heavy. That's so intense. Oh my goodness! Wow. Okay. Um, and. We might have to edit that one out, actually. Um, <laughs> then the other one is, uh, what's another good one? I don't remember who the player was, but like I was saying earlier, Bruce is uh, very candid, and he can look in the mirror, and he's he's honest. Um, and some player, Detroit had just played, and he guarded him. And I was like, how? it was the first time he guarded this player. I can't remember. I want to say it was Devin Booker. I want to say it was Dame Lillard. It was somebody like that. Maybe Drew Holiday. I was like, what was it like defending him? He looked me dead in the eye. He was putting on his shirt. Looked me dead in the eye. Turned. Yo, he busted my ass. (laughs) (laughs) He busted my ass. And I started just cracking up. I'm like, that's why I come to you, Bruce. First in the locker room, man. Like, where else can I get this? Yeah. He's just a good dude, man. Very lighthearted. Um very very aware goofy in a good way friendly um 
always in it, even after – there's very few players after after losses. Like, he would obviously be upset after losses, and sometimes his mood would change, but he'd always talk to you. Um, he was never, like, dismissive. Um, just, yeah, he's just a really good dude. Like, yeah, yeah. I, if anybody's had the chance to meet Bruce Brown, I'm sure they walked away with, with the same impressions. Sure, absolutely. Um, all right, now for our final send-off. Great story, by Thank the way. You. Um, hopefully people get to hear both of them. I don't know if maybe we'll, we'll, we'll see if we had to edit out the other one, but, um, our second send off James's idea is we're each going to list an album that we think people should go listen to. Um, James, what's your album? Uh, what do I want to go? Do you have one? Do you want to go first? Or do I do have, have one. one. I, I think people people were like enthused about my pick, my Danny Brown pick. Yeah, it's so um, much so that Danny Brown followed you. Danny Brown followed me. I was considering spending sixty minutes talking about the fact that he followed me. Um, I figured that wouldn't be great podcast. I didn't think people would be very interested in that. I was very excited though. Um, I texted you immediately about it. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's. I'm not. I'm not picking an album that. Anything like that. So I'm gonna go with like last. In the last episode, you thought I was going to go with, like, Tame Impala, right? Something, like, super generic. No, it wasn't because um, I think you're generic. I just know how big of a Tame Impala fan you are. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna go to that sort of indie vibe this time. I'm going to go for one that's nominated for, I think, three Grammys this year. Um, came out last year. Uh, it is Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. If you, if you are um, like myself and you're miserable all the time and you just want to – cry great album for that um it's an experience i think that's how you described the mf doom album that you picked yeah. uh, mad villainy i think is what you picked yeah is an experience i think that's a great word to describe almost every album that i like um uh punisher phoebe bridgers everyone should go listen to that i don't i'm not familiar i may go check that out as well um, i don't think you'd like it i, I know probably the music wouldn't. i don't think you'd like it i probably wouldn't but i'll give it a spin I don't, I don't have much to do these days. I can't. I like Actually, one thing I like to do is like I'll just go for a drive, turn on a podcast, the Bun and Cardigan show. Um, do you listen to our show? I did the other day just because yeah. I just wanted to make sure everything went right. And I'm sure I'll probably listen going forward just to make sure everything was uh, okay. Get get the streams up, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Who do you think? How do you think we got all those five-star ratings already? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going with... This artist named your old your old droog which means okay. your old friend in russian i think he's a rapper from brooklyn or queens brooklyn um so th- there was a bit of a mystery with him when he first came out people thought he was like a nas alter ego because of his voice and how he rhymed in the beats he rapped over people thought it was nas just like sped up or something like that yeah um and nobody he kind of came out of nowhere nobody had seen his face and then he did a show in this like six six, uh, half Russian, I think half black or half white uh, guy comes out on stage, and it's it's him performing the songs. So like if you, if you if you're not familiar with your old Drew, Google your old Drew Nas, and you can go down that rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. But he dropped an album in 2020. It's called Dump Y O D Kratoy Edition, and it's just it's fire, bro. Like okay. the beats, it's like very uh there's there's russian influence in the beats there's your traditional new york boom bap but his the way he rhymes like he he, i I put him in the same realm as like an action bronson or like a 
um, even a West Side Gun to an extent in terms of like where they pull their references references from. Like he'll drop some amazing basketball references, some amazing wrestling references. Um, he has a, a Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas reference on on one of the songs. Um, yeah, like he's an absolutely entertaining and interesting rhymer, and he he rhymes over like very most of the time grimy beats, um, yeah. but just diverse and different. And he th- it has actually that album has my favorite posse cut in quite some time. Um, it features yeah. Black Thought, Mac Hami, um, LP from Run the Jewels. If if you're familiar with that. Um, and I want to say somebody else is on there, but Black Thought, LP, Your Old Drew, Makami, and, and I think one more person, but it's it's my favorite posse cut in quite some time. So Dump Y-O-D, Kratoy Edition, K-R-U-T-O-Y, um, my favorite album from last year. You uh, you compared him to Bronson, and that's high praise In terms you. of references, yeah, like the references sure. they draw from, yeah. Sure, that's a big that's big praise from you because you're a big Bronson guy. Um, I am. Here's a fun fact for people. This is going to be the final little nugget before we, before we sign off. The uh, the outro that you're about to hear, it's from me. I made it. Hey. This one's mine. Um, we're going we're gonna to switch it up with every episode. Um, it's my turn, so this one's mine. Um, hope people enjoy it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for making it this far. If you're listening to this do on Apple know, Podcasts. Did, did we, sorry to interrupt you. You were in your flow of, to close this up. I was going to say, now i got to do did it all we, over Did again. we say it last episode that I made – the the our 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 show song our show beat I made it, so the the, gonna, the initial the one you hear when you turn on the pod yeah I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit here give some people some insight uh, well no 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 hold on hold on I don't uh, hold on all right I didn't say that because oh. I knew that you were kind of shy about it yeah but here's the thing I did mention it on Laz's show oh you did I did did he ask you about it. I don't remember how it got brought up. I think I was like, oh, also this, like the track that we play at the beginning and at the end, like James made those and he's amazing and he's really shy about it. So everybody keep it on the down low, but James is really good. So I, I, I wasn't going to say it on here okay? Um, because I didn't think you'd want me to, but yes, James uh, did the intro track um, and then also the outro track for last week. Um, now the outro track is going to change every week. Can we say this? What we'll do is we'll stagger. So, um, one week it'll be you, the next it's me. Yeah. Then me, that yeah, we'll just do that. So you, me, you, me, you, me. This week it's me. All right. And it's just a beat. Yeah, it's just a beat. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting. I my, don't think my, I've ever heard any of your instrumentals. N- no, but you. I'm have excited. Heard my you have well, you've heard some of my songs. I think I've sent you some. Yeah, but I thought they were over. I thought the ones I heard were over. Other people's beats. No, I've only sent you ones that I've made. The one that, well, the the only one that I've made that you've heard with somebody else's beat was your beat. All right, yeah. So I'm excited to hear this. I haven't heard. I, yeah, I, you're right. I need to go back. It's been a while. I need to go back and listen. James hasn't. I'll send you some of my tracks. Don't worry. Yeah. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very, very much. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, review, and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.